0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Matt Martial Arts Podcast. Episode 5 is actually a continuation from Episode 4, where I was talking with uh, Tony White from Shoshin Jiu-Jitsu in Erie, Pennsylvania. At the end of Episode 4, we had some really good momentum and we wanted to keep the party going, so to speak. So we uh, we just kept going. So we created episode five to make it a little bit more digestible for everyone. Uh, here, Tony was sharing some really cool insights on uh, the influence of other martial arts in our training in Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and how we're constantly using other experiences, uh, other martial arts, and just real-life practicality. To continue the development of our own personal training, and so Tony had some really cool thoughts on this, and specifically around the martial arts of Japan and their influence and sort of migration over to Brazil for the the founding of what we now know as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, and the ways that um, specialization and categorization really play a big impact on perception of various martial arts and the best ways we can leverage those. And so, uh, like I said, Tony had some great thoughts on that. We wanted to dig into it a little bit deeper. So here we are. Let's jump into it. Episode five. Hope you enjoy. Awesome. So Tony, so we're back. Um, And so obviously this is a, this is a two-parter because there's a lot here to unpack and we were just getting to some of the, the really juicy stuff about, you know, (laughs) actually, I'm I'm not even going to say it. I don't want to spoil the flow. So, so the way that we left off was talking about the beginner's mindset, right? Being humble and really being inquisitive about, Hey, is there a better way and learning from anybody and everybody? Right. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a really, a really powerful concept. And so, I would say that in the martial arts, it's very easy to go down that path. Something that we spoke of earlier, of having an ego, saying, "Hey, look at all of my credentials. You know, how are you ever going to teach me anything when I am a X degree, whatever? You know." Mm-hmm. And I think that taking the opposite of, you know, almost like the higher you are, the more that you've been into it. It's like, okay, like let's look and let's look at everybody's perspective. You know, let's be white belts every single day in every single thing that we do and that's really powerful. So you're talking about, you know, looking, you know, looking to aikidoists and whatnot. So uh, I I didn't want to cut you off and sort of keep that going. So if you have any more examples of that, that, I'd definitely love to keep going down that path.
1: So I don't have a ton of personal experience with Aikido, but um, there've been some interesting observations over the course of my studies about martial arts in general and jujitsu and I got in the pandemic, like right away in the pandemic. I stumbled across a page, uh, a YouTube, um, what was it Kendo Star? I think it's called. So I started getting into Kendo. It is <laughs> cool, yeah. Yeah, Kendo is awesome. Oh my god, is it so much fun? Um, but I started getting into Kendo, and I started really, really, really diving into the Japanese side of martial arts and what's what's it for what's the history what's i just got really engrossed in it because i didn't have a lot else to do um and i have a i have a bulk end and so i started playing a little bit more with like actual kendo instead of just my little star wars routine (laughs) 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 whatever that i would play with before like make it up as i go you know whatever um so i started i started down that road and i started to find that Um, it's hard to, hmm, how to say this, it's hard for me to swallow the idea that these martial arts don't have anything to offer. I've had plenty of people and I've even been guilty of this over time of where it's like, oh, that doesn't work. That stuff, that's, that's, that's no good. Um, don't bother learning that that system isn't, isn't good for street self-defense or, you know, and, and I do feel like there are things that have gotten, um, I don't want to use the word watered down, but let's just say, um, they're, they're not meant necessarily for that street fight application the way that they used to be. Things have changed and, and They lost touch a little bit in certain areas, but in other areas, they're still very effective. And we talked about this the other day, the idea that a lot of these martial arts have become highly specialized. So it's not that they're ineffective, it's just that they're good in the situation, in the context that they're meant for. but
0: I think that's a, it's an interesting point. Right. And that was something that in, a, in our discussion the other day really jumped out at me. Right. Is, you know, as I, as I confessed, I'm actually a huge fan of Aikido for, for what it is. Right. Like I look at it and it's like, okay, would I learn Aikido over Gracie Jiu Jitsu? No, I, I wouldn't. Because I do love the, the effectiveness, the sheer undeniable effectiveness mm-hmm. of Gracie Jiu Jitsu. However, I believe that Aikido is beautiful and powerful and to be good at aikido you have to really put in a lot of work a lot of effort and that is that is a a difficult difficult skill to master and then you look at the you know the the origins to it right it's like that was pretty interesting it was something that you said and i I don't want to go through and steal it so what were you saying about you know judo and aikido and kind of the the intention right because i think that's what you were going to
1: um yeah so Ueshiba Sensei was the founder of Aikido and he was a student at the Kodokan, if I understand correctly. And so he was a judo guy and he also put in, he, he put back a lot of the wrist techniques and things that had been um, taken out of judo because judo was meant as a, uh, early on in the 1900s judo was it was attempting to become the physical education for the school system in japan Yep, that was kano's um mission a huge part of his mission was to create an educational system that would be accepted in the school system in japan and the japanese government kept coming with the all these impositions and things oh you know we don't like that we don't like this you know you're going to have to get rid of that and, and he he made Kano he made a lot of concessions from the jujitsu that he was teaching in order to um, accomplish the mission of getting this into the education system in Japan and that was something that when Ueshiba sensei decided that he was going to create his own martial art um, he put a lot of the, a lot of that stuff back. And I mean, what a lot of people don't realize is that Aikido as a system isn't very old. I believe it was it was formalized in the 1950s. And so it has a lot of old Japanese jujitsu in it with a lot of the wrist locks, a lot of the um, joint manipulations with with wrists and balance control and, and in many ways, it is op- it operates under the same principles as judo or jujitsu, um, but it, I would say that it's specialized. So it's not that it's, it, it's not that it is bad because none of this stuff like I you can get wrist locks. I mean, just look at Pete the Greek, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wrist lock the world <laughs> and anybody that gets good at wrist locks becomes a nightmare for everyone. And memes are made about you. Yes. Okay? I have nightmares about wrist locks, right? So wrist locks, who, who can deny how useful a wrist lock is, you yeah. know, and Aikido has tons of that. So, so what's, so where's the connection? Well, I stumbled across a video a long time ago. Uh, about the history of jujitsu, the history of uh, martial arts in general and this this bringing martial arts into the 20th century after the samurai era ended and i got really into this subject and there are a couple people that are pretty good at at fleshing some of this history out because it's obscure and it's You know, there's all kinds of messy details. And of course, we're talking about Imperial Japan now, which um, Americans are, um, I guess, prejudiced against that part of Japan, which is fine because a lot of bad things happened. and, And so most people just don't like to look at that period of history. But from the martial arts perspective, a lot shifted in that time frame. And I think that in this particular podcast that's coming to mind, the one thing that the guy was talking about was this idea of judo being kind of a really great place to start. And then after five or 10 years of of good judo training, now it's time to learn Aikido. It's like a finishing school. Yeah. Okay. The idea being that, okay, judo is a good base. It teaches you a a great understanding of kuzushi and, and, and throws and takedowns and, and basic groundwork and but you could also look at aikido as like that's the next level okay let's add this stuff as an after you know a completion of your training in this particular skill set of you know throws trips takedowns and and
0: um, i and i i love that right like as we were talking about this the other day too that was cool is you know aikido is super effective against a very specific type of attack right and i think that I think Aikido's detractors, that's probably the the number one thing that they hold up is is they'll say, hey, yes, you know, the attack has to be too specific. This would never be in the real world. And I think that that was one of the things that I loved about our discussion was, yes, but there's still a ton of value in this. Like, let's, let's find the value in everything. And I think that every different art, there's a lot of, you know, you'll see some funny videos on YouTube about, you know, Uh, You know, black Belt 2 can't throw a proper kick. And but then, you know, and it's like it's very quick to say, oh, karate sucks. Right. Like karate is terrible. It's like it's ineffective. And you look at another video and you're like, wow, there are some people doing karate kicks who are really sharp and really good that are like, wow, they're, they're terrifying. I would never want to be kicked by that. And it's so funny. Right. It's it's the implementation of that. And it comes back down to I think there's an honesty. Like I think there's an honesty and a self reflection in Gracie Jiu Jitsu where we're very honest about our standing. Like when I roll with my partner, it isn't a theoretical kata where I'm like I'm going through a kata and I and I look very sharp. But will it ever work if somebody tries to hit me or take me down
1: mm-hmm.
0: in BJJ? Right. You know, you you learn, you watch your professor do the move. You know, you watch your instructor do the move. You practice it, and then you roll and you work to integrate it in, and you'll see the defenses for it, and you see that there are just layers and just so many levels to the, to the skill of interpreting what's coming your way encountering and, and then using it and setting things up almost like a chess match i think in gracie Jiu-Jitsu, we're very really, very reflective and honest about okay you got me like but how did you get me and that that builds that partnership and that bond that really strips the ego away because i could have all of the ego in the world until my partner submits me you know 10 times in a five minute roll and i'm like okay well how did you do this right you don't necessarily get that in katas, right? You're like, well, look at look at my belt. I've got an extra stripe than you, or it's a different color belt. Um, so I love that thing about always exploring and learning. And I think it was fascinating, you know, your thoughts on Aikido and how every martial art has its purpose. And if you practice it at a high level in its purest application, every martial art is super effective. It, did that sort of sum it up the way that the way that you were thinking about it the other day?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, We were talking about this idea of specialized situations and that many of these martial arts have become specialized over time. And and that's that's true. Um, So if we're honest about our practice, right, like I want to be the best fighter that I can be, well, then we should be open minded. Right, yes. going back to Shoshin, we yeah. should be willing to explore new ideas, we should be happy that someone is bringing a new idea to us and see what works and what doesn't. Like you said, the beauty of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is that it, everything is put to the test. The questions are answered. There's no theoretical nonsense. Like Yes, we practice kata by by the definition of the word when we do our drilling, right? but we also apply that immediately <laughs> in sparring and find out, hey, does that work? And That's then the acid with, test. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the thing is, even in jujitsu, let me ask you a question. When you learned your Americana for the first time, I mean, I don't know how, how long it was before you started sparring, but let's just say the first time that you tried to do an Americana in sparring, did it work? <laughs> No, it no. did not. So Gracie Jiu-Jitsu sucks. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yep. Why? Is that true? I mean, I don't think that's true. Eventually no. it starts to work. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, it,
0: you're right. And it comes down to the sensitivity and the you have to adapt your move to your partner. Now it depends on the yourself. skill level, the skill level of the person you're trying to do the Americana on, and my own sort of confidence and my own tricks in, in getting it set up. Those are the things where – that's another thing I love about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is you take responsibility for your own development, realizing that every move works. It's just you need to also play with the application to adjust to the situation. Would I be able to get Henner in an American arm lock? No. I, I probably never will be able to, but it's like, could I get the, person positive. To the first time rolling? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a try. I'll try to stay positive, but I'm also trying to stay realistic. But – would I get Henner in the Americana? Slim. Okay, slim at best. And I'm just sort of bragging and saying that. Uh, could I get somebody it's their first time rolling that they've never seen the move, they've never defended the move in, in a sparring situation? My odds went up, right? So I'm a purple belt. I've been doing it for you know 10 years now, or nine years. So it's definitely situational. And that comes back down to another thing we talked about the other day that I thought was really important was this concept of of protecting legacy. And we have to be honest with each other and honest with ourselves to continuously move this, this beautiful thing forward that we call Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, right? And so if we live in a bubble and if we say, okay, do it because we say so, even if there's a better way, well, then our legacy is going to get tarnished. And one of the things I'm so proud of is like you said, everything gets put to the test. So in talking about that legacy, um, there's obviously... There's obviously, and, and sadly, there, there are some people who use credentials in, in various martial arts to for their own personal gain, for their ego, for other sort of bad purposes. Right. Um, and I know it's something that we talk about, like sort of like this sacred responsibility of this stuff that we do. And for you, because I'm not an instructor, but for you, since you have students, right. What does that responsibility feel like to you in the way that you interact with your students on a daily basis?
1: Mm. Well, it's a good question. It's actually, it's difficult to to really flesh out a great answer for this. But I guess a really simple answer would be that it may be the heaviest responsibility that exists on earth. Because I'm teaching someone something that if it ever needs to be applied is in the most important circumstance of their life. They're being attacked. It's imminent danger. What do I do? How do I save my life? How do I save someone else's life? How do I, um, how do I survive? Yeah. It doesn't get more important than that. Um, and this is one thing that I underestimated when I was, 2017 calling coach Bundy saying, Hey, I want to teach Jiu Like I said, I, I mean, yeah, I wanted to teach self-defense, but it was like, I ah, just teach some sweet moves. Everything will be good. You know, no big yep. deal. And then as time has gone on and I've become an apprentice under coach Bundy and, and started to teach people a little bit and, and sharing their experiences and understanding where they're coming from as humans and, you know, what they've gone through and why they're here and like, Talk about eye-opening. You're, you're talking about people that are coming to you with serious trauma sometimes that yeah. have had horrible experiences, whether it's at another jujitsu school or a life experience where they got attacked or maybe they're just super shy and this is something that is going to help them to improve their life, their whole life in a profound way. So this sacred responsibility that we have is to deliver the product that we've been taught. And remember that it's not our product. <laughs> you know, It's yeah. not mine. I, I don't own this. Um, I, taught, I, I teach something that was taught to me, that was taught to him, that was taught to him. And this goes back a long, long, long way. Way longer than Brazil, by the way. yeah yeah um well i i remember i had an experience at my uh at at coach bundy's school where a student said something along the lines of because i was talking about japan and he said something about how oh yeah but jujitsu is from brazil and i'm like what what No, jujitsu is from Japan, my friend. And the philosophical concepts go back far beyond that, you know? So we have a duty, I think, to understand our heritage, to understand where this martial art comes from, what's it for, what are the philosophical concepts that underpin it, and how can we apply it in as many areas as possible, right? Because why would you bother coming to a place to learn one thing when you could go to that same place and learn a wide-ranging life-changing skill set why limit yourself to just physical
0: no and and i think that that is that is really it's an important distinction to make right because you know there's you know again looking at certain certain martial arts and especially hollywood's portrayal of martial arts right Mm -hmm. it's effectiveness and violence and all of these things and it's like oh well you know you You know, you study karate. You know, go do a John Claude Van Damme. You know, spinning heel kick, and then you know, you're all good. And I think that in Gracie Jujitsu, a big part of the conversation is, wait, avoid the fight. Like if you need to swallow your ego, hey, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to steal your parking spot. Hey, listen, my bad. Okay, hey, I'm sorry, my friend. Like, let's walk away. It's so much better than all of the posturing. Like, oh, you know, you never have to back down, and this and that. It's to me, that mindset is very powerful because the only fight you're gonna win is the one that you're not in, right? Like it's you get you get the mutual damage, right? No matter how good you are. And there's always yeah. that risk of bad things happening kind of on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And and I think that's another thing that just resonates with me about that that honesty and that authenticity about what is combat and why are you here studying this? Are you gonna be a bouncer in a nightclub or are you, yeah, are you shy and you know, want to avoid physical contact, but you want to have enough confidence to be able to not get walked on, to be able to at least stand up for yourself. Or just make friends. Or just make friends. And for me, you know, what's funny. So I'm 51 years old, and it is my social life now. And I I realize that, right? And it's like, my jujitsu friends are like brothers and sisters from all different walks of life. And that's the one unifying thing. It is so satisfying and it's so mentally healthy to go and see people who are also working towards their goals. I get more excited when one of my friends starts to hit a move that they couldn't hit before, more excited than if I were hitting that move, right? It's like, you know, you get that shared victory. Um, And there there is a responsibility to understand the lineage, right? And I think that, you know, you get some people who just look past it for different reasons, but I love... The, the, Shoshin aspect, right. Of always being a student and learning more. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's so much to learn, like so much that, I mean, why, why, why? I mean, it, it, it should be your favorite subject. So, I mean, if you're going to be on the mat all this time, why not become an expert at, at as many aspects of it as you can? Like, I just, I just find it fascinating. And, and so, I mean, if there's a good samurai book, if there's a good, um, you know, nice little YouTube clip or something, um, like I said, Glente brothers, oh my God, they are a treasure trove. Yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. And uh, I had the, the honor and privilege to visit their school. Um, and they have a, a beautiful museum where they, they have pictures and they have a full samurai armor, armor set. Which is just, I mean, like it's kind of creepy in a certain way because if you go in there in the dark, it's like, oh God, there's a guy. <laughs> but um, but it's the coolest thing. I mean, to to be that close to history, you know, someone wore this on the battlefield. Mm, like that's fun, and it it's so powerful,
0: right? And it's it's funny. So my wife and kids and I, we went to that. We went to the Samurai Museum in Shinjuku in Tokyo, and it was it know. was amazing. <laughs> you know you see the actual swords that Miyamoto Musashi used, right? And it's like, you know, you see suits of armor and they did some really cool demonstrations. And And I love, I'm a huge fan of samurai culture. And I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. Uh, Age of Samurai Battle for Japan is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'm not through it, but yeah, I've, I've started it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's so much to learn. And also, and this is from, a couple of the people that I was talking about earlier that um, Japanese history is difficult to learn because there's a lot of um, <laughs> it's hard to tell what's fact and what's fiction sometimes. Yep. So there, you, you kind of have to watch your sources to a degree, <laughs> but um, but it's so cool to see that spirit that, that cause even in the stuff that's not exactly historically accurate, the spirit of it is still, um, pretty close to the way that they, um, to the, to their true psychology, there's their nature, the way they looked at things and and thought about things. So, so cool. Yep. And what I, I wanted to
0: bring that all back full circle and you're, I'm, you know, you're far too humble to probably accept this, but I want to put this out there. When you were telling me about your commute, I was like, wow, that is actually very, very samurai-ish because it's not easy to drive 80 miles each way. It's not easy to drive 160 miles per class. But what you do was you took it. You said, "Okay, I'm going to lose this part of my life because this part over here is important enough for me to do that. That was very, very samurai. And that was the reason why I wanted to like dig into that specifically. And and I've got a ton of respect. I mean, that's, that's a lot of miles each way. And also we're talking about sketchy winter driving sometimes. Right. And so, yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm down here in Southern California and I'm complaining about my 35 miles or whatever. And it's, it's so worth it. But it was that dedication is something where when you find true love with like, you know, Gracie jujitsu and it just clicks, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you'll, you'll drive to the ends of the earth because I passed by a lot of schools on my way to get down to, to Gracie university. Yeah. I mean, I, I passed by probably 15 to 20 different jujitsu schools in that 35 mile stretch. And so I I wanted to call that out. And I, and I wanted to also ask, were there any other, were there any other things that you wanted to get in? Because what I'd love to do is I'd love to provide a link, you know, a link to this video, uh, a link to your school, your contact information, where you are, who you are, and if somebody's in your area for them to reach out, would you, yeah. be, would you be okay if I provided that to the listeners here when I, I could drop a link there and everything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we have a pretty good social media presence uh, at Shoshin JJ, Erie PA. that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we also have a website that is still under construction, so you can get at us on the website and I am usually pretty quick to respond there. Um, but it doesn't look like a whole lot right now. So we're working on that. But, uh, um, yeah, you're more than welcome to to share any of that information. And uh, I, I hope that we can help as many people as we can. You know, it's been an amazing response from the community right off the bat. Um, like, I, I was shocked when when we made that website go live. And it's just a little splash page with a contact form. I immediately started getting inquiries. Um, we started, we opened our school in November. We have 40 members right now. I have, I think five people coming to try class this week. Mm -hmm. I have 130 people on a prospect list and I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am for that, for that response. And it's humbling beyond belief that people would take, and invest their time and their energy and and their money into a place like this with some guy like me that nobody knows, you know, I'm not Henry Gracie opening a school in Erie, Pennsylvania. So why is it that, that, uh, I have any credibility at all? Well, it's a thanks to many teachers that have helped me along the way. Um, the Pedro Sauer association has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I have, I've been extremely fortunate to, to have a lot of things line up along the way. Um, but, and I don't know how much time we have left or how much you want to dive into other topics, but the personal development side of things is very interesting to me and maybe we could do it a different time or we could dive into it now. I'll kind of leave that on you. But, um, I would I would
0: love to I would love to book another time because as we got into this I was realizing that there were so many different jewels and nuggets and I think personal mm-hmm. development is is a complete standalone topic of one or maybe even two different episodes right I think that there's a yeah. lot to unpack there and I didn't want to sort of I didn't I don't want to go through it too quickly because I think that there's a lot to unpack and I think going back to where where you're at right now you know your success is super well deserved because I was one of the people that filled out an, an interest and a contact and you didn't know me, you, you know, you didn't owe me anything and you're being so generous with your time. I really, I really appreciate that. And and I can see why people would gravitate towards you. If I was in Erie, it's like, I would train with you. No problem because you're a great guy. Who's like, who's continuously learning as well as teaching. And you have a great communication style and it comes from a place of sincerity, right. Which is, which is awesome. And I think that it's, sadly lacking in some other places and so uh you know so i really i appreciate you doing this and i'd love to book some more time to get into the personal development that was kind of shame on me for not, not being disciplined enough to jump into it earlier but i felt <laughs> like we i felt like we really got rolling um, yeah
1: well sometimes it's good to just kind of deep dive on something and and save other things for later there's yes that, that's totally fine and i'm happy to come back anytime Um, I think that uh, it's been really nice to have the opportunity and uh, I was kind of, I remember in our first conversation, I was kind of digging a little bit, trying to figure out like, why are you paying attention to me? Like you're in California, I'm in Pennsylvania, I'm brand new. Like, how did you even find me? Why do you care what I think? (laughs) Um, So it's, it's kind of, it's a cool little treat. know to start the year to to be able to have a good conversation with a new friend and and uh, i just really appreciate the opportunity and 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 i'm I'm happy to come back anytime you'll have me so
0: thank you so much and i i would love to have you on multiple times because yeah i consider you i consider you a new friend and this is you know january 2nd great way to start the year and so (laughs) um so yeah so thank you so much for coming on this has been this has been an absolute pleasure you're going to be a frequent guest on this show. I am hoping if if you <laughs> if you would like to be on, I would love to have you on multiple more times. And so, uh, so great. So, thank you so much. So, signing off for now, and looking forward to having you back on again very soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. One. Take care. Bye. <laughs>